you're listening to the Freedom Lifestyle podcast series. I'm sharing relatable stories of freedom seekers who ditched conventional office life and courageously asked for more. The energy just completely shifted. My entire being just felt so free. My business was still generating income while I was on the beach. I decided to quit and just stay at home. I really can't work for anyone but me. It's literally just doing whatever the hell you want to do. As for me, I'm your host, Sam, and I've spent the last four years creating a business that allows me to work from anywhere. The freedom lifestyle looks different for everyone. What's your free? Last month, I celebrated my five-year anniversary of being free. It was five years ago that I broke free from the traditional work environment and became a location-independent freelancer. Now I would really consider myself an entrepreneur. All of this was made possible by having a very distinct aha moment, and it was actually on my birthday, no less, where I was offered a one-month freelance project, and after receiving this and doing the work and having the life experience, I realized this style of work could be my ticket to freedom. Today, I'm going to share the story of getting that first gig, everything from how much I made from it, what the project itself was, but most importantly, how I had unknowingly set my life up prior to this moment to now leverage the increasingly popular freelance economy and how you can too. Many of the tactics I was using five years ago still apply today in terms of how I secure my freelance projects. However, I'm also going to share some more modern ways that you can go after freelance opportunities. That way, whether you're a seasoned freelancer listening to this or you're someone looking for your very first gig and just starting out, you'll leave this episode with a couple key actions you can take for your own journey. It's also just a really amazing story. So picture this, it's September 2017, I am living downtown Toronto, my now husband, then boyfriend, is living a five-hour flight away from me in San Francisco, and just a few months prior to my birthday, I have been completely blindsided by an employer. Definitely go back and have a listen to episode 21 from season two, where I share in detail my freedom lifestyle origin story. It's juicy AF, but what you need to know for today's episode is that at this point, I'm unemployed. I did not plan to be unemployed, and I see no end in sight towards my goal at the time of being able to move to San Francisco and work from there in order to be closer to the love of my life. Also, it's my birthday, and I'm turning 28. Something I still do to this day on my birthday, regardless of how financially successful my year is going, is I spend my birthday collecting my free birthday gifts. Starbucks, The Body Shop, Sephora, Booster Juice. These are just some of the companies who offer you a gift on your special day. So I was at the mall, the Eaton Center, downtown Toronto, and I ran into an old boss of mine. So one of the jobs I had had earlier in my career was actually helping to launch an entrepreneurship center for university students at Western, where I studied business. I had amazing relationships with my colleagues and my bosses during my time there. It really was an incredible job. However, I ultimately quit when I wanted to move to Toronto. Still, I had a great relationship with my previous boss and I really respected him. 
In fact, I had just reached out to him about six months earlier when I was trying to move to San Francisco and look for a job there. I had asked for his mentorship and helping advise me on some of the companies that I had been looking at and getting his opinion on which route he thought I should go. So he had an idea that I was looking to be making a change in my life. So when we ran into each other at the mall, he of course laughs at me when he realizes I'm there collecting my birthday gifts and have a venti, dairy-free frappuccino of some kind in my hand. And he asks me how the move to San Francisco is going. I briefly share with him that it didn't work out. I'm now unemployed because I had quit my old job for the new San Francisco one I got and I was now starting from scratch. At this point, I think that I'm about to just restart this whole four-month journey that I had just been on, where I'm going to be evaluating startup companies and tech companies and figure out which one I'm going to join. Of course, they'll be evaluating me and that whole song and dance. So this is what my plan is. I ask him what he's up to and why he's in town. And he's actually in Toronto because our university, Western, where I had previously worked, is now expanding the Entrepreneurship Center and they're looking to have a presence in the city of Toronto. On the spot, he says, actually, we're having a launch event in about a month and we could really use some help pulling off the event. Why don't we hire you for the month and you can help organize and host the event and reach out to past entrepreneurs and just get people excited to come to this. I told him it sounds amazing, but unfortunately, I'm heading to San Francisco in just a couple of days, celebrating my birthday with my boyfriend. I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks, so it's probably not going to work out. He didn't see an issue with this at all. He wasn't going to be in Toronto either, so in his mind, we'd have to be collaborating from different cities regardless. Well, okay then. That sounds amazing. He follows up with me over email, offers me $1,000 to help coordinate and host the event. I hop on a plane, I go see Jared, and I spend the next couple of weeks working on this project from the Uber office. This is where Jared was working at the time. Neither of us had really pursued the freedom lifestyle yet, so he has his office job. I'm now working from the common area, enjoying their free coffees and all of their epic snacks, and getting paid to complete this project. Thinking back now at how much my mind was blown by this concept is quite comical. This truly has become my everyday norm of just grabbing my laptop, picking it up, working from anywhere I need to be or I want to be. This is just how I do life now, but back then, I was so limited to what I thought was possible based on what I had seen and experienced myself. Long-term employment, one boss, one salary, their terms. Freelance, however, is really for someone who has expertise but isn't seeking long-term commitment. You get to set your own terms. So I now get to set where I work, when I work, and how much I get paid to do that work. It really is as simple as that. So this is what kicked off this aha moment of this is possible. I actually end up still interviewing with companies. It's funny, the first time I pursued it, I was crushing it. I was getting all of these offers from these amazing companies. I was so excited. I was so into it. And it was like this second time when I tried to do it over again, they knew. They could feel my vibes that I wasn't into this. I had already had this aha moment of this freelance thing could actually be this way to have it all where I could be in San Francisco, but also not have to give up my life in Toronto, which no, I wasn't really ready to do that yet. I had an amazing group of friends. My whole life was there. My family was there. And so I was just going to give it all up for love. 
you know, this was kind of an idea where I could still have it all. And so when I go through the interview process with the new companies for round two, I don't get anything. Nobody wants to have a second interview with me. It was so wild. Like, I don't know if it was the vibes I was putting off or fate or the universe, but it was a completely different experience the second time around. And it just goes from one freelance project to another freelance project to another freelance project. And in a future episode, I'm going to talk a lot about how I actually built my freelance roster and really move from a freelancer to more of an entrepreneur who has freelancers working with me now. But what I want you to know today are the lessons from this story. So I got three lessons for you. One, relationships are everything. When it comes to freelance, people literally create jobs for people that they like. So how are you nurturing your relationships? And I don't want you to be transactional, right? You don't want to just use people because A, that's gross and B, it's obvious, but you really want to see people in your life as being there for the long haul. Our lives and our careers, they are long. So your current colleague, your current boss, they're not going to be in the role or the company or the industry they're in right now forever. So you want people to think about you wherever they go next, and you want to make sure that people have a good impression of what it's like to work with you and what you can do. I'll be honest. There's a lot of people who don't have a good impression about what it's like to work with me and will not hire me again because sometimes I was quite difficult to work with under conditions I didn't like. I'm okay with that because what I've done is I have kept room for people in my life who value the same things I do and the working conditions that I do. And there's enough of those to go around. There really are enough people now and opportunities to pursue more flexible work. So there isn't a need to be fake or people please in order to build these relationships. I definitely didn't do that. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I'm pretty brutally honest and upfront about how I feel. Sometimes that serves me amazingly. And sometimes, you know, it's hurt me. But really when it's hurt me was the wrong opportunities. And so you can be yourself, you can work in a way and work your relationships in a way that your personality, it's natural and authentic and figure out how to nurture those important relationships in your life. Whatever that looks like for you, I just want to plant the seed, okay? The second lesson here was that I didn't get paid per hour. So a lot of freelancers get really hung up on this hourly rate piece. What's my hourly rate? How much am I worth? How much should I charge for this project? And in my experience, there is way more money to be made once you get out of that trap of trading your time for your money. And instead, think about the value you're bringing by completing a project and setting a price on that. So you want to get paid for completing a project, for having milestones that you execute on, And that's how you want to set your price. And it's actually a lot easier because if a company has a project that they want to make happen, they have already decided that this project is valuable. It's a priority and it needs to be done. So instead of you trying to convince them that this is your value per hour that you bring and setting a price on that, you want to set a price on them having a project that they want to see come to fruition, being completed successfully and done in a way that they're going to be really excited about. And you want to put a value on that. So it's a lot harder and a lot more limiting to put a value on yourself and trading your time for your hour in that way. 
And as you evolve in your freelance career, especially as you start to maybe find some different niches and maybe you get paid to do things over and over again, you are going to get better at completing certain tasks. You are going to have processes and templates and quick fixes and workarounds. And so you want to be incentivized to work smarter and you want to get paid for you know completing your project scope. You don't want to be dinged for getting it done quicker, right? And so you really want to focus on the value. Another thing you can do that I didn't do then, but I do very often now is add performance-based pay, where essentially there's an additional bonus that you can earn for hitting specific targets. So I now do that with a lot of my clients. I'll say, here's the value for me completing the project. And then if I do it with these results or within, you know, this scope, or I get this type of feedback, or I, you know, get this rating from other people, then I get an additional bonus. Learning number three. The quickest path to freelance and project-based work is to monetize the skills you already have. Another hurdle and like a time suck I see people spinning their tires on when they want to pursue freelance is deciding what is their expertise going to be and how to position themselves and like who am I and what do I want to be known for? To be honest, I find it quite boring to do one thing over and over again and I actually have a ton of different skills. So why not monetize a number of them and have a lot more variety in your day and be able to say yes to lots of different types of projects? In this scenario, I never saw myself as as a professional event planner. And in fact, if I thought that's what I was going to be doing, like if someone said you could be a freelance event planner and that was going to be my thing and my niche and what I would be known for and I would be an event planner, I would have been really hung up on the association of am I an event planner? Is that what I want to be known for? And, you know, not wanting to be that. And the truth is, is I know how to host a pretty damn good event. And what a cool project this was with a team that I had loved and I'd worked for with a mission I had believed in. And they just happened to need an event. So in this case, I already had this skill I could monetize and I was happy to monetize it in this way without worrying if this means that I'm now only an event planner. A really great modern resource I always advise people to check out is Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. They have a marketplace connecting freelancers with people who need freelancers. And so yes, you can go and you can create a profile on there. And I'm a Fiverr Pro seller and it's where I you know, bring in a lot of new clients and attract a, a lot of new work. However, what you could even use it for at this stage of your journey is to just get inspiration on what are some of the skills other people are monitoring. Monetizing and kind of seeing it as a bit of research, like how much are people charging and make a list of all the skills that you already have that you can monetize. Check, I can do that. Check, I can do that. Check, I can do that. Or, hey, I would love to be able to do that. How cool would it be if I could offer that as a freelance service and if that was my day-to-day? Don't underestimate how quickly you can become an expert in something and start getting paid for it as a freelancer. I taught myself how to start a podcast five years ago. Two years after that, I was teaching people how to do it with workshops and my online course. Five years after that, I'm charging $250 an hour for people to learn from me and to have a one-on-one. So you can become an expert in something very quickly. In fact, you can take an online course to literally learn how to do that skill. Fiverr also has something called Fiverr Learn, where you can take various courses specifically focused on teaching you how to become a freelancer. So 
that is a great option for you too. And another good practice to always be thinking of is, you know, who is in my network? Who do I know that's in some type of position of power? So whether you're just starting on your freelance journey or maybe you want to pivot or maybe you want to take on more work, really think about your own network. That's the quickest way to get hired. And I really can't stress it enough that people create jobs for people that they like. So think back of people, maybe you can go through your LinkedIn and look at what jobs people are at right now, see if there's someone who's in a director role or a VP role or started a company of some kind, someone who's in some type of position of power and start to really think about who in your network could be a resource for you. Someone who has a good impression of you, that likes you, knows you, trust you, that you can now reach out to them with a very simple message, right? I think we overcomplicate how to actually pursue this work and we make it up into be a bigger deal than it actually is. But it's literally as simple as sending a message just saying, Hey Sharon, hope things are going well on your end. So great to see you're still at this company or you're now here. Been watching the project, looks really awesome. As for myself, I'm currently looking to take on a few more freelance gigs over the next six months. Is there anything that you're working on right now that you can use some extra help with? Here's some examples of past projects I've been involved in. Bullet list, three different things, three different examples of work that you've done. Each example should showcase a different skill. And in each example, it should also show the results that you had with that. So, you know, don't just say planned an event for the Entrepreneurship Center, say planned an event for the Entrepreneurship Center that was sold out with over 100 guests, three different sponsors, and received an NPS rating from the follow-up survey of 9.0. I don't know, something like that. But this is what I mean. You want it to be results driven in your examples as well. And the email or the note by just saying, hey, can we have a call to explore any of this? And it's literally that. Reach out to a few people in your network like this, plant those seeds. Even if they don't have something for you right away, you've now put that dream in their minds and the magic of the universe and all the energies that come with it will now be working for you. It's truly my belief and my experience that there are endless opportunities for freelance projects that you can get involved in and it's going to be a lot less to do with can I get someone to hire me as a freelancer but more about how am I going to manage my time when I have this many opportunities and this many companies and projects and exciting things I can be getting involved in. It's so much more about saying no. So, you know, I didn't have that mindset when I first started five years ago. I still had more of a scarcity mindset where I did think that these types of opportunities were more of a favor. Things have changed quite a bit, especially since 2020 has really revolutionized work and remote work. And we've received, you know, mainstream adoption now of the concepts of freelance and working from anywhere and even the gig economy. So, It's a really great time to either pursue your first freelance project or double down and take the leap and make it your full-time thing. So that's my words of advice. That's how it started for me from modest beginnings to where I am now, fully free, multiple revenue streams, multiple clients, and truly feeling in control of my schedule, my location, and my finances. So until next time, freedom seekers, enjoy your freedom. (laughs) 